Hey, it's Mark Shifley here. You're listening to the Jet-Centric Podcast. Hey there, Jets fans. It's Kishore. Welcome to the Jet-Centric Off-Season Recap episode. Liss, Brian, and Brady sit down to break down the last couple of months of Jets action and preview the season ahead. Uh, before we get to the episode, we wanted to just briefly comment on the Sammy Niku buyout, which happened after they recorded the episode. Uh, there are a lot of hot takes out there about Sammy Niku. There's a really interesting Twitter thread from Jack Hahn, if you haven't read it, on Sammy Niku's development. Uh, I just wanted to say uh, Sammy Niku had potential, but we have no idea what that potential really was because of the limited opportunities he had. I'm not convinced Sammy Niku would have ever turned into a great NHL player, but we just don't know. And I think that's what's unsatisfying about his tenure with the Jets is just we don't know. And that happens a lot with prospects. It's not a uniquely Winnipeg problem. But I will say that I can only hope for the best for Sammy Niku that he gets another shot at the NHL uh, with another team because that breakout year he had as the top AHL defenseman with the Moose really gave me some hope that there is an NHL caliber player there. Yes, he's undersized. Yes, he had some problems with the physicality of play in the NHL, um, but his puck moving, his decision making, his play making uh, really gives me hope. So I just wanted to wish Sammy Niku the best and just say as a last time, on Free Niku that um, uh, Sammy go be free and we hope to see you play in Winnipeg sometime soon even if it's another jersey. Uh, I also want to recommend 32 Thoughts this week which uh, on Thursday features an interview with uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Mark Shifley. I think the PLD interview is really interesting because he talks about the challenges he had last year but also just his utilization and what he sees are opportunities in the offensive zone for him. I think it's really interesting listen for those that are looking for big things for PLD ahead. Without further ado though I'll hand it over to Liss, Brian, and Brady recapping the offseason. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Jet Center Podcast. It's Liz here, and I'm joined by Brady and Brian. It has been a while. So we are hanging out right now, um, entering, I want to call it like the third week of September, basically. Like, it's just seems like the summer has gone by super quickly. Obviously, it was a bit of a weird hockey season with the playoffs trickling into the summer, but it's been a great summer for sports. You know, like the baseball has been kind of ongoing as it always is. Football starting back up, but then on the international level, we've had some really competitive tennis players. U.S. Open wrapped up today, um, and we've had our awesome women's hockey team. We've had some soccer going on, obviously the Olympics going on. It's just been a really good summer for sports, and I feel like a lot of us have kind of taken some time off from hockey, and here we are two weeks away exactly from the Winnipeg Jets' first preseason game against the Ottawa Senators. So um, it's been a nice summer for me. It's been nice to kind of have a little bit of that break from hockey and stuff, but I am just kind of ready to get back into it. I'm super pumped. I know I have a couple of games lined up I'm ready to go to this year, and I kind of got to pick which teams I'd like to see, and I get to go to a preseason game. I'm just really excited to get back in there with other fully vaxxed people and just kind of that atmosphere again. Is is one of them Columbus? No, 
Okay. okay. <laughs> I, share, I share seasons with my family and they only, there was one game that one of them cared about and the only game they cared about was Columbus. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> you are one of the actual ticket holders. I do not get priority here. That was Why? my number one. They only Why? come from once. Why would they be like, I? this is the game I care? Because of line ache? Or because... Like, why would know. they give that to you? I'm, that's <laughs> no, it's because, it's because one of my uncle's kids really likes Columbus, it's his favorite team, mm. so they're gonna go to that game together. It's gonna be awesome and stuff. It's just really funny that that's how that works out. And I was like, man, <laughs> I'm, gonna get, I'm gonna try and get tickets to a Columbus game whenever it is. I haven't even looked at the schedule, it's in to March. Be it's in March, yeah. Uh, I'm uh, hell, hell, I probably won't even be playing for them by then. <laughs> that yeah, is we'll part see. of it, too, yeah. <laughs> See, yeah, I know. I, it was so hard for me to try and pick what kind of games I'd be more interested in, but they have two, there are two Colorado games right at the end of the year. So I'm going to one of those. That one's going to be, That's it's gonna be good. Could be playoff like, implications. Yeah, exactly. central. Why, yeah. So I think we play them very last. I'm not going to that one because it's like that one is, there's a very good chance that it kind of won't matter. Exactly. There might be some resting going on because like Colorado will probably yeah. have clinched top of the division months ago at that point but um there's one at like the beginning middle of april that i'm gonna go to so i'm really pumped about that and just yeah so super super excited <laughs> i don't go to a lot of jets games maybe maybe i'll have to scoop up some tickets to that columbus game so i won't be going on my own agenda but we'll uh, we'll figure that one out when the time comes <laughs> we'll see where lining is at that point but uh We've yeah. got reason to be excited for the season, though. A lot of, a lot of fun off-season moves. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, like, I had a fantasy draft today, and it was a four-person league, so it's, like, my last overall pick was, like, Sean Couturier or something like that. Like, it was a super stacked league. And you're just looking at every single time you draft a player, you're like, God, this guy's going to be so much fun to watch this year. And it's, like, it keeps going, and you see that every single time, and you're just like, oh, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. It's going to be so awesome. So kind of our purpose for gathering here today is to talk about some of those offseason moves that Brady just mentioned. Uh, most of the Jets ones, we'll talk a little bit bigger picture stuff, but mostly kind of just the offseason, recapping that. We will have a season preview coming up, but that's going to be hopefully after we've had a little bit of information come out of training camp and stuff, just because we'll have a better picture of what the season's going to look like. And yeah, so we'll kind of just get into it. And I, I was thinking maybe we would go with um, signings first and then trades afterwards and then just kind of big picture stuff. I don't know. Sound good? For sure. Good Perfect. to go. Okay. So I'm just going to kind of rattle them off at the top of my head and we'll just go from there. So uh, I want to say like the first one. Um, oh, yes. And then we'll do notable losses as well. Sorry. I didn't even. Yeah. I, I was just going to bring that up because we did just because there is a bit, a bit of turnover on the team this yeah. year, which is uh, exciting. So, some of them exciting, some of them not. Turnover but... is always exciting. Some of them are just a little bit more heartbreaking than others. And then some of them the <laughs> benefits. Turnover is most be. definitely not always exciting, especially when you lose the GOAT, Matthew. No, no. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. We got it. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into it when we get into it. We all, we already know. Um, who is like, I can't, I can't remember. Who, who would have been? first signing was Paul Stastny. Does that sound right or no? I believe you are correct on that one. Like, cause I just remember with all of the yeah. other ones, I was looking a little bit more at the cap, but I feel like we still had some cap like loosen up. I think he was the first one that we signed after the season was over. Might be wrong, but whatever. We'll talk I, about Yeah, that, that was before free agency. Cause that was on, I, yes. I'm looking at a list right now and that was on the 26th of July. And I think free agency opened up on the 27th or 8th 28th i think 28th maybe yeah anyways paul stastny uh yeah, what, what did he get signed for again three three point seven three point seven five for, uh, for, for a year. year 
Okay, Brian, how did you feel about that one? Pretty, I don't know. I was okay with it. Like, I didn't think he would get that much money, to be honest with you, on a one-year deal. Um, yeah, very indifferent about it. Like, I thought there was ways they could have used that $3.75 million, uh, maybe to get a different top six forward. Um, but as long as they use Paul Stastny the right way, which is at center and not on the wing, um, and giving him some skilled wingers uh, to work with, I think I'm pretty okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I- I would say just to hop in, I would say with that one, it's just like, I, we, we can all agree. We all like Paul Stastny in general on our team at three point at 3.75. Like that's a a little bit much for him, but again, it's a one-year deal. He's 35. Um, I would hope that he won't have uh, too much of like, he won't be much worse because of course aging curves, but I, I think he'll probably play at like the same kind of level as last year, maybe a little bit of a slowdown, but for one year, like you can't really complain too, too much about it. Cause at the end of the day, it's not a long term. It doesn't have long-term implications. It just kind of affects them this year. Um, with that one, it's just like a guy, you know, that you can fit into your system. You, a guy, you know, that can just kind of play like he can play PK if you need him to, he can be uh, a guy that you can put on in uh, on the ice at the end of the game um and you trust him um and clearly he likes it here so who knows maybe by giving him a little bit more money on this one-year deal you uh if he wants to stay in the future he ends up getting those league men kind of contracts and just trying to help the the jets push for a cup because they i guess they've decided that that's what they're gonna do now um but i'm sure we'll get into what we think of grand big picture after, but I'm happy with it. Sorry to cut you off, Brian. (laughs) That's all right. I I was thinking I'd worry about him a little bit if they, if they stuck him on the wing again, I don't know if he's got the foot speed to do that anymore or the transition ability. I'd like them to, I'd like to see him stick to center where he doesn't have to use his speed as much and maybe can use the smarts and passing ability a little more. And yeah, most people won't agree with me on this, but I thought it'd be interesting um, if they gave him Christian Veselainen and then Evgeny Svechnikov for wingers. Couple of Svechnikov. couple couple of young skilled guys who, well, I mean, Evgeny <laughs> Svechnikov's not that young. I think he's twenty five now, but a couple of skilled wingers, maybe unheralded skilled wingers that uh, maybe could do some damage with some extra space that uh Stastny might be able to create for them yeah I would agree I'm I'm sorry for for getting for questioning the the special one just because I I would probably see him on the outside looking in just looking I I think although although I think he could definitely contend for a spot I think just just naturally with the players here and we kind of know how naturally with how Maurice goes yes but I I I do like Svechnikov as a player Mm -hmm. I really I guess I guess we're talking about the, the addition of of, uh, of any special cup now. <laughs> well, yeah, no, and I'll quickly touch on like for like Stassi from my perspective. I think this year, adding to your defense in the way that we did in the top part of your defense will likely come with a bit of a systems change, not super huge, but like to the extent where there probably will be some growing pains. And Paul Stastny is the kind of guy you'd like to have on your team when there are growing pains going on just because he's been around the block a time or two. And I just think that he provides a lot of that consistency and reliability that's really nice when you're going through those kind of transition periods and stuff. So, and yeah, like you said, it's a one-year deal. 
and often like when I look at this, for example, it's like, oh, that cap money that we could have saved, you know what? $3.75 million. Say we're paying him $1.75 million and paying Nikolai Ehlers eight or Nikolai Ehlers seven and Mark Shifley seven. It's like, I, I don't know, like, it's fine. Like, I, I don't think that the team was really that much worse off with that extra million or $2 million that we could have not spent on him. I don't know. I'm it's, happy to have him, but I feel like overall neutral about it just because I like him, but it could have been different. I don't know. If, if you're, if you, if you're someone who believes in the whole locker, you need locker room guys, you need the the glue guys in the room. I'll say this is that like Paul Stastny is one of those guys, but he also can play in your middle six. So again, I don't mind having that type of guy on my team, even if, uh, he might be getting a little bit more than what he should or what he could have got elsewhere. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy. I'm cool with him being on my team. And again, it's, it's a, it's a low risk. It's a low, like the, it's one year if you're going to go for it kind of thing, which it seems mm-hmm. the jets are at, if, if things work out, he could even be on your third line. Like that's a good third line center. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally. Yeah. Or, yeah, or, I'm... or, uh, or Cole Perfetti, you know, maybe you never know. <laughs> was no, thinking no, about that. At that point, Brady, I will have traded Andrew Kopp for futures. And oh, yeah. And will be on the second line. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> I see you. I see you. <laughs> um, no, but I was going to say, I think I'll do you one better on the whole, if you, the locker room. I think he is the locker room guy. Like, I think. I agree. That that's one. Like, I think, you know, all these little things about, you know, I, I'm hard on Blake Wheeler and stuff like that. And, like, he seems like a really good guy. But like, I don't know, I just think about how Paul Stastny is, you know, excited about Winnipeg. He talks about how excited he is about Winnipeg. And that's like, this isn't coming from like, he does it more than Blake Wheeler does. And Blake Wheeler's been here for 10 years. Like, I don't know. Like, I just think that he really actually genuinely enjoys the whole, like, I don't know, like, we don't have to get into that whole thing, but I just think that's an added piece too. That's really nice. And having the leadership as a bonus on a guy who's good, like that's because leadership is not a deciding factor. It's just a nice added bonus on someone who can actually play it, like you said, so Mm-hmm. Um, did we want to just talk about special conference right now? <laughs> oh, <laughs> what do you have? Quick, quick thing, Brian. What is it? <laughs> Fantasy football score. I'm neck and oh. neck, and uh, <laughs> David Montgomery just got a touchdown, so yeah. I'm pretty happy. If you're not watching on video, Brian just fist pumped the air. And um, <laughs> for for Sveshnikov, um, like that's that that those are the types of signings that like I really like, where it's it's a low risk, um. It's a low risk, high, high reward. Cause he, um, was he like, I hate to play the, who was you drafted in the first round? He was drafted in the first round. Was he yes. not? I could yeah. be. Yeah. And in like low twenties in 2015 is my guess. Yeah. yeah I think was... it was something like that, which like, again, of course we're six, we're six years out of that, but you know, it, with, with guys who have that potential there again, signing him for like uh, basically an AHL deal. Like that's, that's, that's how you, you, what's the word? That's how you make money on on a deal kind of thing. Like that's how you you get good value by just hitting on one of those uh, additions. You know, Logan Stanley was drafted one year later in the first round, and he's only <laughs> and no one seems worried about that. So no, he's developing. That's the call take all the time you need, my friend. Um, Top players take longer to develop. List. <laughs> the thing about Svechnikov is, so he always had skill, like right in his draft year, there was actually much talk about the Jets drafting him um, mm-hmm. with that pick. Um, and then Kyle Connor dropped and the draft and the Jets uh, the grabbed right thing. him. Which is, <laughs> yes, he's a 
very good pick. Um, and then the rest is history there. But no, the, there was much talk about the Jets drafting him at that spot. Um, went to a Detroit team who quickly went into a rebuild after, after a few years. Um, he got some AHL time, did pretty decently with that. Um, then ran into some injuries, never really saw much NHL time. Last year was his most action, I think, in the NHL. Played about 200 minutes, got some pretty decent results in terms of generating offense on a really bad Detroit team, which was encouraging to me um, for a guy that you're giving a PTO to. Mm-hmm. So I, I do like the potential for this player to be a factor in the NHL for the Jets. Maybe not yes. a not not a star or anything like that. I don't think he's going to be you know the next Marchessault or, so or anything like that. Like late. No, that's a good way to put it. For a factor, but... right? Because good teams, I would say ninety percent of their players are factors in the team's success, right? So it doesn't mean they all have to be stars, but they have to be good. And he is. So maybe this yeah. is, maybe this is a really bad comparison, but like I look at like a guy like. Carter Verhege, who was a guy who was like kind of just outcast on like never could make the Leafs never uh really like he was kind of started to play a little bit with Tampa but then again you you put him in a different situation in Florida and he becomes like a top six forward playing with the right guys and so again he was yeah he was he was he yeah he was great and so it's 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 one of those things where it's like that is how you you find your gems that you, again, you don't risk a lot. You, again, he's signed to a PTO. Again, we could be, t- this, this, nothing could happen. And that's the biggest thing is that if nothing happens, cool. We have the same team as before. And we have a guy playing on in the AHL playing with like Gustafson and whoever, assuming Gus, I assume Gustafson will be in the AHL this year, but. I don't think he will. We he might not know because yeah. There I don't may know. Be an opening at four C, but depending on uh, the Jets, the Jets will put one of Dubois or Stastny on the wing. You just know it. I don't yeah. want them to do that, but that's going to open up the four C spot potentially for Gustafson. I think. Hundred percent. Well, there's not a chance in heck that the Jets are playing Adam Lowry at four C. So no, totally not yet, should. at least. I think eventually they might. But anyway, they totally should. But then they would have to. They would have to use move. their. But they then they would have to use their fourth line. Why why would they do that? They're, the fourth <laughs> the fourth line's only supposed to play six minutes a night, Brian. What are you talking about? They did that in 2017, 18, and until they ran into a hot goalie, it worked very well for them. So Yeah, but they also had three like incredibly good lines. So it didn't really matter. <laughs> but we could have three incredibly good lines too. Like if you have Cole Perfetti thrown in that mix, like you have your Connor Shifley Ehlers. And then if you have like a Perfetti Dubois Wheeler, like all of a sudden Andrew Kopp and Paul, St- I know it's not quite the same, but it's still think, not bad. I think Perfetti needs to play at center if it's, if it's with Dubois and Wheeler, like, or if it's without a great transition player, I think, I think you want to put a good transition player on the wing with Perfetti, or at least if Perfetti's playing wing, you want the other wing to be, strong in transition because that's I think it's not going to be necessarily a big weakness for Perfetti but it's not necessarily going to be a huge strength he's not that fast see see if 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 Perfetti ends up playing the way I I personally would see like I think that I would want Perfetti playing with a guy like Stastny and then you have a play driving winger also and then that way you can kind of do the whole 
you know, you play on the wing um, in order to just kind of get accustomed to the NHL. You take some face-offs here and there. You split the uh, the the face-off load between the two of them, and then and then you slowly transition him into center once you know he's accustomed to the NHL uh, speed and everything like that. Uh, that was one of the things I like to talk about other things that happened in the NHL uh, with what like, Gisberry caught Kanyemi. That was one of the things I think that they met like the Habs mismanaged with him was that they put him immediately in and then immediately put him into center and didn't really give him a chance to get accustomed to everything. And they kind of yo-yoed him. And so um, that? caught Kanyemi, caught Kanyemi with, uh, with the Habs. From the get-go. Like- I thought the thing with him though, is I thought his rookie year was his best year. He was, he, I, I think, I think that he had a weird relationship with the coaching staff there where they didn't really trust him completely, but they also were like, you, we need you to be this guy already. And then he wasn't. Uh, and then they like yo-yoed him back up, up and down the AHL. Um, and I look at him this year, for example, and he's going to probably be playing with like Jordan Stahl and just kind of getting like, might even be playing wing. It's like, that's how you get a guy to be like comfortable. And then once a guy's comfortable, you start developing him for what he's going to be. At least that's the way I look at it. Sure. Um, more manages his players really well too. So I yeah. think it's a very weird situation because like no Montreal shouldn't have matched that. No Carolina th- shouldn't have even signed. It was weird, <laughs> but it might not end up being as bad. Like, I think he's going to be better in Carolina than he was in Montreal. Absolutely. But, yeah. It was fun though. I love Akashi. <laughs> I get so excited when they happen, and I love that one in particular. Can we talk good. about how disappointing it is that they just use those picks to trade for Christian Dvorak? It's funny. It's funny that in that offer sheet, the winner of that offer sheet was Arizona. Like of all the teams, <laughs> they they ended up with the most picks. They might the... end up with. They might end up with a top fifteen pick. Yeah. Like there's, there's no guarantee that either of montreal or carolina make the playoffs and it's the higher of the two picks right yeah they left some ground to cover on their uh, draft picks so you know what maybe yeah <laughs> yeah well i mm, i question is who would you rather uh, having those picks uh montreal canadians choosing the players or the oh, arizona coyote choosing the, uh, arizona coyotes choosing those players and death is not an option and death is- <laughs> Anyways, uh, okay. we, that, that was a long, long tangent. So Paul Stassny. Um, no, so Paul Stassny. <laughs> this oh, is why our episodes go an hour and a half, guys. Well, because we, start, we're talking about Paul Stassny and all of a sudden you're talking about how crappy Arizona is at the draft. We're, we're, we're doing all right, guys. We at least covered Svechnikov, too. Yeah, I think yeah. I think we're doing okay. I think yeah, we're, doing we're doing okay, okay. here. Um, well, who's next? <laughs> Logan Riley. Stanley, as far as or Riley Nash would be. Are we next. are we including re-signings? I guess we should include re-signings since it's an off-season recap. Yeah, we. Yeah. I th- I think I think Logan Stanley's one we can kind of just hit quickly. We all kind of. I'm, yeah. I'm sure the the book is out on what we feel about him. We we don't um, even need to talk about him. Like it's really yeah. just like, he hasn't done anything lately, so my opinions haven't changed. It's a I don't. Fine. And, and he got and he got what like like eight hundred thousand. Who, who cares? Who, for two years, who cares? Who cares? Yeah, that's, oh, yeah, that's the right deal for him. Exactly. And for his own sake, I really hope that he uses it to turn into something. Mm-hmm. I'm not holding out hope. I don't really think he will. But the only thing is we've all, this is very, very well known in this group. It's just unfortunate that that now guarantees a roster spot for him, essentially, for the next two seasons. I think Online. he'll be likely, a, likely. I think he'll turn into something. Like, I think he'll be a, an okay player. Like I, I just think, think that... I, I think we can all agree that the, this development time could be better used elsewhere. And that's, yes. that's mostly, I think, yeah. I think 
the cut and dry of it all is that while we 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 wish the best for Logan Stanley, I'm glad he's getting paid a little so bit. So here's more what's gonna happen: Billy Hanel is gonna absolutely <laughs> kill it in training camp, and then we're all going to be having this discussion, and then we're all gonna be upset when Logan Stanley jumps into the top six ahead of Hanel again, despite being like the third best defenseman in training camp or something. Yeah, I. Uh... <laughs> It I is think the other thing too is that last year was so weird. Um, and I don't care if you're not like an analytics person, just watching him, that man looked really confused a, a lot of the time. And he was playing with the best partner he could have possibly played with. And he was playing against the worst players, arguably in the league. Zero percent quality of competition. <laughs> he was playing against the worst players in the division, but th- that was arguably those teams' fourth lines are probably the worst fourth lines of all of the divisions. So I just think that if you really like if like I want Billy Hanel to be our guy and Logan Stanley's value is never going to be higher. So I think they should have traded him, but people, lots of people don't agree with that. And it's whatever, but I just, I like trades. I think they're fun. So I would have traded him. And I think Billy Hanel will end up being a better NHL player than Logan Stanley and his trade value will never be as high as Logan Stanley's. So high, so high, baby. That's the rules. But <laughs> people who play is. fantasy football with me know that I like to make high leverage trades so i'm totally <laughs> in agreement with list here mm-hmm. yeah so another two seasons of dylan or dylan Demello and logan stanley in the third pair could be worse could be a lot worse so mm-hmm. maybe we'll just kind of end with that i don't know whatever From, uh, i agree with that should we should we jump to the other defenseman the re-signing or do we what do we want to do here? yeah let's talk about it i uh I think actually that's this is around the year talking about fantasy football. I think he's going to be the re- Neil Pionk is going to be a massive dark horse in fantasy hockey this year. I have yeah. a feeling that man's going to have a breakout year. Like it's, I mean, he's already he's already been really good for fantasy hockey, but it's just like if 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 the Jets uh, are smart and figure out how to properly manage their power plays this year, because that's where you make your your uh, you make a lot of. Uh, Manage your power play, just play Nikolai Ehlers on it. Nikolai Ehlers and Neil Pionk, and then give him, like, I don't know, Shifley in the middle, Connor on the side, Wheeler on the line. And that's a dangerous power play. Yeah. All of them will be great. It depends. (laughs) For me, that fantasy thing totally depends on which power play Neil Pionk's playing. But if it's it's the top one, if it's the top (laughs) one and it's with Nick Ehlers, you might have a jackpot there in fantasy hockey. Um, I agree. If it's, if it's on the second one, maybe maybe not so much. But if the second one has Ehlers too, then it might be your better power play group anyway. So then, you know, yeah. I, I will add on to that. I do think Nate Schmidt is a good is a very good option on the power play yes. too. So I'm yeah. I'm, I'm interested to I'm, see. Sorry, I'm, I'm interested to see at least also because I, I think naturally, obviously, Pionk's gonna be on our power play. I think Schmidt is the very obvious next person to have on your second power play, assuming oh, yeah. that the Jets are gonna have a, at least one D on each power play, which is obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested to see just how like a change in minutes for Morrissey affects him. Like that's what like, I was just about to say. I think it's gonna be so good for Morrissey to not have to play in the power play anymore. Mm-hmm. And just, I mean, and just in general, getting, I'm like, obviously, we'll we'll get into the the trades uh shortly i'm sure but just opening morrissey up to literally not have to do every single thing uh this year is going to be so nice to just watch him not have to sink and and just have boat anchors uh tied to him uh thank you uh vancouver for taking away tucker pullman um (laughs) uh, i'm excited to see like like i 
I don't know. I, we'll, we'll get into it more. But I'm, I'm totally I'm imagining excited. a scenario where Morrissey plays every situation anyway. Top, no, top, play, top penalty kill. It's still going to happen. He's still like, on PP1 for some like, reason. <laughs> is that, like, I feel like the Winnipeg Jets organization, the way that, like, he's their 1A defenseman. We know that. He's been their guy. Like, it, it almost feels like... The, I don't know. The way I kind of see the team is that they would feel like they were quote unquote wrong about him. If they don't play him on the power play saying, cause he's easily the clear cut number three option on the power play. there, not one, not yeah. two, but I feel like by mm-hmm. saying that the team will be admitting that they were like wrong about him or something, you know, just kind of the way that sort of talking teams work like that. It's like, I don't know. So I worry, like, but like Brian said, he prob- probably, maybe, I don't know. Like it's just really difficult. I feel like they won't want to, take him off that top part they won't want to take him off the power play in general uh, i don't know what that would look like though would it be a second unit of two defensemen maybe i don't know god but i hope not. that shouldn't happen <laughs> i mean i'm half joking when i say that the are jets you are the jets are incredibly guilty of that kind of thing going back into the past so uh, it's mm-hmm. yeah it's, sometimes it's sometimes they just do things and you're like what so then it's, it wouldn't, it wouldn't completely shock me, but I don't think it's going to happen. Like, I think, yeah. it's, I think it's Pionk Schmidt for sure. in like some order. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, um, we'll see though. I think though this year, we're definitely going to see a resurgence of Josh Morrissey to a certain extent. Like if you're looking at something, for example, like wins above replacement where he's rocking a 0% right now, I don't think he's going to jump up to like the mid eighties, but I could see him popping up below average instead of garbage. Like, cause I don't think that was ever the case with him as a player. I just think that certain circumstances led to that. And I think it'll, I think he'll be better this year. I do. And I hope for his own sake and for everyone else that he is too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony, uh, abrasive but astute on Twitter, I think it was like a month ago, had a uh, it was a take on, or it was like a hot take. It's like his hot take of the year was Josh Morrissey would post roughly average results and get some Norris consideration from it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I, I could totally see happening. It was a great tweet. That's, that's, yeah. that's a good I didn't see that, but that's hilarious. Yeah. The Jets, the Jets resurgence on defense is because of Josh Morrissey and not the two uh, good <laughs> players that they added uh, this off season. And not and the loss Daniel of Pionk. 20 minutes a night of, of Tucker Pullman. I think. Yeah, I, and Derek Forbert. Derek Forbert. Don't think, don't forget Derek Forbert. No, Thank man. you, Boston three by three. That's hilarious. <laughs> the, um, thing, <laughs> the thing is this year on the right-hand side, the Jets have at least two good, like, I mean, I guess they did before with DeMello and Pionk, but they'll at least have those two guys who are good on the right side. And then they'll have Nate Schmidt, who might also be, he'll, he'll be anywhere from Met to really good. Like he's kind of a big wild card for me, but yeah. I think Schmidt is just a better, like there's no doubt he's a better player than Tucker Poolman. And I think he's a good fit stylistically with Josh Morrissey as a yeah. guy who can really move the puck and can use his speed to his advantage well i think morrissey can kind of sit back a little bit yeah i think the thing is with nate schmidt is that it's well known that he's not super defensively sound which you don't have to kill mccarr is the best defenseman in the nhl no question but as far as like actual defense 
I wouldn't say he's the best at that, but you don't have to play defense when you always have the puck, right? And I think Nate Schmidt has a ton of offensive upside. And if you can manage that, you don't need to be that good at defense. So I think he's not going to hurt the team as much as Tucker Pullman did. So Yeah, and with with, with addition of Schmidt, I guess we're talking about this now. Um, we traded like a third for him, which is like the only the only issue he has is that he has a longer deal and is 30. It goes until uh, 2025. Till 2025 so four four more years counting this season about to come up and he's so he'll take him till he's like 34 which is fine i guess um and i i think i think a bit the big thing for me for this i i think has to do with the stylistic fit with josh morrissey uh as brian was touching on before i believe the one thing that like uh, from what i know at least um is that morrissey has always excelled when he's played with a partner who can move the puck up whether that be Dustin Bufflin, whether that be Jacob Truba, um, his his partner has always been a guy who was good at at, at transitioning and getting the puck up ice. Um, and so, you know, if if Morrissey can go back to, you know, not necessarily being the guy on defense on his pair, but just being a part of a pair where they both have roles and both have, um, you know, both have to do some lifting instead of Josh Morrissey and and Tucker Pullman just getting absolutely demolished and sinking um against top quality competition uh i think i think again that's that's a big thing that that not only the addition of schmidt is good because he's a good player but i think that around him morrissey will naturally get better just because he has a better partner and also is can go back to playing a simpler game morrissey should sorry as you say, Morrissey should have either DeMello or Schmidt as his partner at any given point in the season. I don't think they should try him too much with Pionk. It didn't work whenever no. they were together. So they should be either DeMello or Schmidt. And I think that'll be a good fit either way. So I, and I do like, I like that. And I like that there's the potential for a system that fits Josh Morrissey a little better this year. For sure, I I agree. To well, to tra- I guess we can transition now to Dylan. Unless did you want to say anything? That I told totally sorry off before. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say that I think uh, when you trade for players, like, I can't think of a good NHL example off the top of my head. But you know how sometimes it happens, like something like Nate Schmidt term and money but it's like one of those things where it's like if all of a sudden you resurrect the corpse of one of your other players it completely makes up for it because in that yeah. sense, you're essentially trading what you did trade for two players instead of one which i think i don't think it's going to be that drastic but it is mm-hmm. something to definitely take into consideration and the other thing i was going to say with that is i think oh yeah i think the jets know that neil pionk and josh morrissey don't work and i feel like last year that was their only option they had to exhaust it when they were kind of struggling because like, they're only two NHL level defenseman in their eyes almost like kind of thing that I think they knew that and that's why they didn't put them together all the time but like it was kind of just like do or die this is all we can do sort of thing and so I I really don't think unless it's like absolutely dire no other combinations exist that they're gonna do that I really don't think it's demello erasure (laughs) you know how I feel about him but you just know that he wasn't the guy DeMello, who trusted in the big minutes in the regular season. Like we we all know that Demello is is stuck on babysitting duty this year again. Oh it's God, just gonna yeah. happen. Um, it's, o- it's okay though if if Morrissey and Schmidt make a good pairing, and like I'm I'm very confident Dylan and Pionk will as well. Like if those two make good pairings, then I'm totally good with Dylan Demello on the third pairing. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah like. 
I, when I was making my um, off-season kind of like pairings or whatever, I actually did put Pionk and Dylan as my first pairing. And then I That's put That's what I had Josh as well. Moore. Yeah. But then I had Josh Morrissey and Dylan DeMello as my second. Okay. And then kind of like in similar, like I kind of split it up and I was like, I don't know how well Stanley and Schmidt would work. I was like, but again, like I- That would worry we've me. We've all kind of talked about this. Like, Josh Morrissey sucked last year and he was only okay when he played with Dylan DeMello. And I think that's a lot more important than who you consider to be a second pairing guy. When you only have six defensemen, pairings matter a lot more than one, two. I think, I think that that's, I think that that's a testament more, more, not as much for how good necessarily Dylan DeMello is, but necessarily how bad Tucker Pullman was. I I think, I think, I think, I think that just because, just because, um, uh, Morrissey was mm-hmm. much better with DeMello. I don't think that that doesn't, I don't think that necessarily means that it's like because it's DeMello that needs, I think that just means when Morrissey has a partner who can be helpful, he's able to be a better player. And that's at least the way I look at it. I'll, like, again, it's good to know that we can, all, that if we have to, we can go back to DeMello and right. Morrissey together. It's a viable option if you need it. And that's yeah. kind of comforting. Yeah. I do sure. think the Jets should find a way of getting DeMello some extra minutes, though. He, I, I agree. I, I like him more than you guys do. I'll just put it that oh, way. Oh, I, I love Dylan DeMello. I love him. I think he's great. I don't know. I don't know, I Brian. Just... Oh, <laughs> I love him so yeah. much. Like, we... mm, no, he's, just my many. He does too many good things on the ice to create more scoring opportunities for their team, like indirectly, mm-hmm. that I just think that they need to find those extra minutes for him. Yeah, him and Hanela would be such a good pair. I know, Uh, I know. It's it's so it's so upsetting uh, because they would they would be uh of like especially if you're gonna play a sheltered game. It's like if you're starting in the ozone, starting Hainola and and Demello together is just like that. The passing the passing will be so like you won't even have to like be like oh that's really nice passing that they're doing this it's just like it's just crisp it's clean if, if it comes back to their zone oh look at that they can transition the puck out and get it well, up the ice and uh, we'll, i just need to we'll see move it. on to our next free agent signing yeah. right away but yeah ima- imagining like everything that comes through the neutral zone on the right side dylan DeMello's there to break it up the pucks rarely and en- not entering uh the d zone as often on that side he's holding pucks in at the line hanel is adding some offense creating some extra puck movement and extra offense for the forwards as well i just think it would be so perfect and both and demello is an excellent defender in his own zone hanel is a better defender than he's given credit for i think i i just think it's such a perfect fit but it's i almost think it's gonna happen it is so, so, so against my brand to wish injury on players. So I kind of hope Logan Stanley, like, has a kid or something like that or has to just leave <laughs> and for a really good reason, just briefly. There's, they, you know. they, they ran out of sticks that are tall enough for him, so he, he needs <laughs> to take a couple of games There's off. There's a shortage. There's a yeah. shortage. <laughs> <laughs> no, and because you know that if Logan Stanley wasn't in the lineup, that's where Hamilton would slot in too. Because, again, like you said, DeBello on babysitting duty, he would take care of him too, and it would just be really nice. To see that, I would love. That would it. be such a good third pair. Like, gen- like if that's your third pair, if that's and, your third pair, oh, and sorry. you're developing a and, guy who could potentially turn into a first pairing guy. I just think it would be so perfect 
Because you're not throwing them to the wolves, right? Like I actually think that Stanley the best way to be develop is to put them in the press box. Then. Yeah. <laughs> no, yep. but at, but he's gonna he's gonna play Stanley's gonna play on the third pair, which is fine. I just think you're losing a lot in terms of opportunity cost. I well, agree. that's exactly it. No one hates Logan Stanley. Like none of us do. Like it's not about that. It's just about what you're missing out on by it's what he represents. <laughs> It's what he represents. It's what he represents. <laughs> it's the principle. Um, okay, we have been we've been we've been going back and forth on that for a while. Let's do you want to talk about Dylan now? I guess we I guess we kind of touched yeah, on it, but we need well, to touch enough. on Riley Nash. Oh, Riley Nash. Riley Nash is a good. I mean, I only said that because we were on the D. Yeah, we can go to Nash. Riley um, Nash to me is you know when people make their lineup projections like more. I'm more talking about Tony specifically where he gives his lineup and then in the fourth line he's like Guy Gustafson Guy. Nash is guy like I just I feel very very neutral about him I don't think he's gonna be bad he's probably one of the more exciting fourth liners that's been assigned but I don't have a lot to say about him so you guys go I I think that for for him like that's Riley Nash is if you if if we're gonna we have like obviously we have to acknowledge the reality we live in a palmary system world we live he's the one who runs the bench he runs the lines this and that the way he likes to play his his third and fourth line is in a limited, more shutdown role. Third line, not so much, but it, like fourth line, definitely in a limited role where he has guys who are specialty guys. Riley Nash, when he is on the ice, nothing happens. And by that, what I mean by that is no shots offensively, no shots defensively. He's just a go on the ice. And uh, for the time being that you're on the ice, nothing's going to happen. You're, you're just wasting time, which is great, which is fun, which is good. Because if you, if you need to have your, your shutdown guys, like obviously he's getting a bit older, he's 32 now, but he's the type of guy where I'm going, if I'm going to sign a, a veteran guy to play a very specialty role where obviously we're going to need guys on the PK, we're going to need uh, guys in that, like, and he can play center if, if needed. Like he is that type of guy where I'm like on my fourth line, absolutely while i would love to to use that role to develop players we know that maurice doesn't see his fourth line as a developing uh a slot let's just say um so if he is going to play in that system where or in that style where he's going to have a guy just to be there to be a shutdown guy or to do to be your specialty guy i think riley nash fits the bill perfectly i'm not but like again he's also a fourth liner why there's no reason to get crazy excited i'm not crazy excited but i'm like okay that's good that's i'm Better than Nate Thompson. Thompson. Lewis didn't give up, yeah. up any goals for like 40 games, so they must also be so good. I miss Paul. Yeah, sometimes that's just the way it works, right? Yeah. Um, with Nash, like eight minutes a night. With Nash, Brady pretty much summed up what I want to say. Um, the analytics are obviously not hot, not high on his defensive game or sorry, offensive game, high on his defensive game. Um, and I watched more Columbus last year because, um, you know, Patrick Laine. Um, anyway, I, <laughs> I, I, watched, I, watched more, I watched more Columbus last year than any other team besides the Jets. And my thoughts on Riley Nash were a pain to watch in the offensive zone. You don't notice him any other time which is better than like it's it's subconsciously in my head it's like I didn't like watching this player but 
really nothing really happens in his own zone when he's on the ice, like Brady said. So it's not bad. There's certainly utility for those players. And I think he could be a strong, a strong shutdown type player. If you put him with a guy like Adam Lowry, Hmm. which is the, I actually had a fourth, like with my ideal lines, I had Lowry and Nash both on the fourth line. Nothing happens. No shots against with that, when that line's out there. No shots against and. And then you get your whole team. The offensive zone will just throw the puck into a spot and there's nobody there. Your team hit total. And then they'll get it back. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For no. sure. Curious, who is your, who is your third on that line? Guy. Yeah. Harkins. <laughs> Probably yeah, Harkins. Harkins. Yeah. Probably. Coninato. We yeah, didn't even talk be... about the Coninato signing. Oh my I God, even... how could we not? <laughs> You know what? I think I think it would have actually been Gustafson. I would have had Gustafson, Lowry, uh, Nash in some combination. I think that would be a pretty cool fourth line. Um, did we want to talk about Brendan Dillon at all? Like, I don't honestly, I don't have a ton else to say. Like, we kind of covered our bases with the defense kind of thing. I think he's a great ad. I'm honestly more excited about him than I am about Nate Schmidt. I don't know if that's popular or not. I don't know. I I I actually I kind of agree with that. Also, just to to, I guess we should mention in case people don't know, he was traded for two seconds. Um, yeah. I feel like we should mention the trades, uh, what they were for. Um, with with Dylan, like I just think of, when I look at Brendan Dylan, I see guy who is defensive, and the Jets have for a long time looked for a guy who is defensive in order to play with Pionk, and he is a guy who is defensive and drum roll please, good. He's good. Well, okay. He's actually yeah. a good player, That's and so it's like, it. and so like, again, it, it it goes to what you were we were saying before about even with Morrissey, we're having it's like uh, the addition of a guy to play with another guy is not just the addition of that player in that slot. It's it's how he affects the people around him, and again, it this just likely will allow Pionk to be better and have more of even more of a leash instead of you know playing with Derek Forbert while he was all right for a bit defensively very clearly he wasn't after a while um so yeah so honestly it's like i'm i'm excited because i think like if you're gonna play the jets don't really have a clear-cut first pair um but if you're gonna play your first two pairs essentially like they're 1a 1b kind of thing uh dylan and and pionk together is like great that's the guy if that's the type of player who i would want with neil pionk yeah, like that's you do bring up a really good point there, and I think like that's like when I when I talk to people who are a little bit more like old school hockey, they like Brendan Dillon for all the things that the Winnipeg Jets like Brendan Dillon for. He's big, he's, he's big, big. He's tough. But the thing is, he does all those things and he's good. And I think that's the thing people often forget. It's like, oh, he's a good leader. Blah blah. blah. Is he good? All so he fits what I what the Winnipeg Jets want, and they often bring in guys that they want. But from our perspective, he is also good, which sometimes the guys that they bring in, we don't think are good. Like, and that's just kind of the way people <laughs> Sometimes. No, it is. <laughs> oh, whatever. I don't know. But I just think that he fits what they wanted, but like, he's also good. So I think everyone wins here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He doesn't constantly lose guys in the D zone and he doesn't always jam the puck up the boards when trying to get it out. He can make an okay pass. Yeah. There and then know. also like not a, I, not a not a great puck mover by any means, but he's not a he's not a terrible one. Yeah. Going going back to the trade, like seeing 
seeing the Jets trade two seconds for him, I, everyone likes to always go like, oh, Jevin Taves was traded for two seconds. It's like, well, that was, I agree, should have should have jumped on that. But it's also like, while I think two seconds is a little is a little expensive for Brendan Dillon, um, I think that it, the 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 one thing I'll say about the Jets offseason to look at a little bit more bigger picture is I'm just incredibly happy that they decided to do something because oh, yeah. for, for a while it was just kind of like your team is bad, but you're floating on 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 your Vesna caliber goalie doing everything for you and being incredible. Um, and it's either you have to, to like decide to make the best of like having Mark Shifley on a good contract, having Nikolai Ehlers on a good contract, having Connor Hellebuck as the best goalie in the league on your team. And I, I think while, you know, the Jets paid a lot in picks for the guys they acquired, I mean, two seconds and a third to get an H bin Brennan Dillon, it's fine. Like I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, some people might say it's a lot, but I think that regardless of all that, picks are always just kind of magic beans, their futures. Um, and the Jets team, the Jets defense as a whole is good. Like I'm looking at it. I'm not, I don't think it's like one of the best in the leagues, but it's good. And I think that that's good. all the Jets need is good and able to move a puck without dumping it out. And there are a lot of teams that also have good defensemen, but they sign them to eight plus million dollar contract like the defenseman market this summer was awful like i would have loved to have been a crappy nhl defenseman this summer because someone would have paid me three million dollars on terms somewhere and it's just so especially I, if you're right-handed yeah, like all Goodness. things considered like i think you know two seconds whatever and like i don't know like the it's so funny to me that we traded two seconds for brendan Dillon and seattle traded Vanacek back to the Capitals for one second and I was like that asset management was so funny to me I was like what is going on here but anyways but so like and then Nation's expensive obviously we gave up a third for him but they're like oh but you only gave up a third because he cost so much money it's like we would have had to pay a ton more to pay Darnell Nurse nine million dollars and I don't want I don't want Darnell Nurse nine million million dollars I'll be honest. I'm just look at all of the alternatives like if we had to have brought it like I can't think of two other defensemen that moved or had new deals this summer that I would have rathered have for the price that they were given, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know. Like Riley, I totally, I totally get what you're saying. Probably too, but whatever. I totally get what you're saying. Like, it's like, there's a shifting market now for the top defensemen, right? The top defensemen now are, I get off, well, not even the top defensemen, the guys that are like number one on their, on their respective team. They're all getting like nine million, even if they're like just decent defensemen. It's it's weird. So because you look at the cup winners in the last ten years, they have the Duncan Keiths, the Drew Doughtys, the Charas, the John Carlsons. Like they have their guy. We have our own Chara. He's he's coming. Don't don't you worry. um, (laughs) Sorry. I was saying like no. uh, defensemen, like even top defensemen don't impact the game as much as people think they do. Kale McCarr is, you said he's unquestionably the best defenseman in the league. He very well might be the best defenseman in the league, I think, but he affects the game only half as much, maybe half as much as Connor McDavid does, or even Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. So it's like, why are you paying him? Like, 
Kale McCarr is on a fine contract. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to go trade Kale McCarr. But then you look at Darnell Nurse. I would, but to the Jets. Sorry. Continue. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Continue. (laughs) Then you look at Kale McCarr. What did he get? Nine and a half or something like that? That, Or I was talking about Kale McCarr before. I I meant to say uh, Darnell Nurse. Darnell Nurse, what did he get? Nine and a quarter? Nine and a half? Nine and a quarter, yeah. That is ridiculous. That's a joke. You're paying because no one wants to play in Edmonton, Brian. No one wants no, to play there, so they have no, to pay no one. Wa- no one wants to play with Connor McDavid. <laughs> Darnell Nurse might not be better than Neil Pionk, like he might be, but he also might not be. Darnell Nurse is getting paid nine and a, nine and a quarter million a year now. Nine, and then you're talking about Mitch Marner on a 10. I mean, Mitch Marner's a little bit overpaid, but 10.8 million a year. They're they're giving you Mitch Marner is giving you a lot more in terms of value on the ice than Darnell Nurse is giving the Edmonton Oilers. Mitch Marner is overpaid, but the way people talk about him, you'd think he's a five million dollar <laughs> player. Mitch Marner is a ten million dollar player. I'd say nine he's a nine. He's, a, he's like an eight or nine in my opinion. But hey, it's yeah. it's it's so funny just watching Leafs fans implode about everything. Just seeing Mitch Marner <laughs> trending on Twitter every day. It's uh, I'm friends with some Leaf fans who are just like, no matter, they're they're just straight up like, I don't want him on my team. I don't care. I don't care. I don't want him on my team. They're just like, it's it's personal. It's personal now. It's and it's it's so. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Leaf fans. It's so funny. It's hilarious. It's so he's funny. He's the new William Nylander. I swear to God, like he's the new William Nylander. It's just people are like. I, 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 the Nylanders on an awesome contract. He's lazy and he doesn't, I don't know what the reasons were. They didn't like him. He's a a perimeter player, except he also, uh, like is like one of the top players for like in high danger, high danger slot shots. I don't know. It's something. Anyways, we don't need to talk about the Leafs. Um, (laughs) And yet we've done it. How does this affect the Leafs? We we did it. I went off no. on a tangent. You live long enough to see yourself become your own worst enemy. <laughs> I, I went off on a tangent again. What I what I meant to go towards with the whole defensemen are getting paid way too much is now the guys like Brendan Dillon and Dylan DeMello, those guys are so much more valuable now, like to a team, because they can create, you know, half as many wins above replacement or even maybe more than half as a Darnell nurse and you're paying them three to 4 million a year. Yeah. That like, saves would, so much extra cap space for a, uh, for an impact forward. I would rather, Oh, hundred percent. Like I would rather spend $60 million on my forwards and $20 million on my defense than have yeah. a $9.5 million defenseman. Yeah. Cause it's like, if you have the most loaded forward core, like if your defense is meh, like you'll be, I'd rather have a, meh forward core or sorry meh defense core than a meh forward core like I you're, but you're also saying that as someone who's lived in a connor hellebuck world for a while now i don't think a lot of teams have the luxury of, of just having uh the wall behind them the entire time oh, that's true. That's true. um yeah i don't know we should we should where, where were we what what, what were I we talking know. about before <laughs> we're just we're all over the place we today we were talking about the defenseman market this summer and that's a reasonable thing okay. to talk about this okay. is an off-season recap and that was one of the most entertaining things was that yeah so so on the topic of the defenseman market i think then we should we i think now would be a good time to 
uh, just kind of do an in, in memorandum of all the players who did leave us because we did lose uh, yes. a lot of our, our D men. Um, let's see. Let's go down the list. Uh, players Wait, who everyone, left elsewhere. Hold on, pause. Brady is going to, and then we're going to pass around. We're each going to eulogize them. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the thing. Da, da, da. Uh, well, first off, I'll start with the defense. We have Tucker Pullman uh, signing in Vancouver for, I think, like 2.5 mil a year for four years, which oh, is yeah, that's right. hilarious. Uh, no, it's four years. It, remember, four it was, years. It's, 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 a ten, it's a 10 mil. Oh no, it's 2.5. It's 2.5 because it was a 10 million dollar contract. Three. Yeah, four, oh, four, okay. four, yeah. Okay. Next up, Derek Forward signing for three, uh, three mil for three years. Uh, like three mil AV uh, with the Bruins. Um, do, are we wanting to eulogize them each player or are we just going through all of them? I will eulogize them as one because I believe their impact was similar. Got it. Got it. Okay. What okay. did you do? What will you do? I'm glad you will do nothing elsewhere instead of with us. Yeah. May you find peace and a lot of money. With and- <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Jim Benning. <laughs> that, um, was, that was beautiful. Uh, and and then and then on the other side of things, players who we might not have been uh, as happy to see go. Uh, of course, we lose our beloved, beautiful backup goaltender Laurent Brassois. Uh, he signed with the Golden Knights. I can't remember for how much. Too much. Uh, like two, uh, like yeah, two million much. something. Just a bit over two million, I think. Something just a little too rich for uh, for Winnipeg's blood, unfortunately, at the moment. Um, maybe, maybe. Well, I guess that's kind of. Uh, I guess you see the um, the consequences of of maybe signing uh, Paul Stastny. Not that I don't think that's a good one, but just to no, you're right. You're just right. to bring that back around, because we were talking about money elsewhere that could be used, um, and then the other one. Uh, oh, of course, we lost Jordy Ben. I forgot to mention him <laughs> in, in the last one. I think he signed with. Uh, I will always forget. That's one of those ones in ten years where it'll be like I'll forget he was ever a Jet. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, um, the new Bogdan Kisilevich. See, I don't forget him. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> I I will never forget him. Um, <laughs> I'll turn this this final eulogy over. Uh, I know we're missing two very important ones. Well, I, there's there's one that I'm I'm we're we're gonna save till the end. Who okay. else am I missing? Oh oh okay okay yeah, sorry sorry sorry. Oh oh my god! It, it, okay sorry he's he's not listed on my list here because I guess uh, that's not technically a transaction. Mason Appleton, of course, was selected uh, to represent the Kraken uh, in the expansion draft. Um, I'm sad to see him go. I think he will do well there in in a in a, in a bigger role. Um, I think that yeah. third line will, or yeah, here's my eulogy for him. We will miss you in ways that we don't realize yet, but at the end of the day, it will be fine. You're unfortunately you're replaceable. You very well. Yeah, <laughs> I That's agree. All. I do um, hope for sure. But. Other ones, I just I just realized I missed uh, on forward. Uh, Trevor Lewis and Nate Thompson, I feel like are kind of in the same ballpark, even though of course Lewis was I, I thought was decent, um, but they're the same type of uh, of signing that we had. Rest in peace, Bozos. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Does anyone Wait, want to say anything? Thompson to Thompson to um, Billy. Billy again? Yeah. I think and so, then Lewis yeah. to Calgary. Lewis to Calgary, yeah. Okay. Right. Um, and then finally, our beloved French. Remove our prince. half. Hold them to our hearts. Our beloved French prince of St. Boniface. Matthew Perot. Uh, Brian, would you like to say some words here? 
<laughs> just, just a sigh. <laughs> I promised him I wouldn't do this. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna miss that guy so much. Um, yeah, it's it, it really was like I was at work the day uh, the day he signed with Montreal and. Um, I just got a notification on my phone or whatever. Pro signs the Habs one year. 800K, I think. I think it was 900 or something. I think it was 900. But anyway, it was like, wait, what? I think that that's the that's... the thing that pisses me off the most is how how little he signed for. Like it wasn't even if he got like at least a million or something like that, I'd be a little more okay with it. But it's just like because here's the thing: I feel like most hockey players are pretty simple people. I think all of us are pretty simple people. Here's the thing. If you had if you had an offer, a job offer in the same place and also another one in another place where you have to move your family, uh, which includes your children, to new schools, to things like that. Like I think that like the human element is very important to realize. So that makes me think that makes me think that the Jets didn't even give him offer him like a league min because like I don't know. I I do I, I do think he wanted to play in Montreal to finish That's out his career, true. but so I don't. Know. Let me believe that. Let me be upset. <laughs> oh, I know. I, was... I have a feeling at the end of the day, it was a very mutual decision. But if I had to lean more one way or the other, I feel like it was more. He wanted to go know. there. Pardon I, me? I I think that he wanted to go there no matter what, too. I think so but, too. But I think that I think it if was a tough decision, because I feel like it was probably more money and more i don't know i don't know i really don't know i i, feel like so I would have offered that. him a mil and a half for sure like he was still a very good bottom yeah. six forward if if that works out with with your other cap stuff yeah i i i like i would go a mil and a half if like value wise i think he's worth that much i, I agree montreal is probably one of the best teams for him to go to too just with the way that they play where like Winnipeg, he had every single time he had to change lines, he was playing some other way. Montreal seems to just run four lines similarly. Yeah. Not the same, but very similarly. They run four pretty. Anyway, so like I think he'll have no trouble sliding up and down that lineup as needed. He's good like that anyway. And I think Montreal is kind of unique in that way. And they play pretty even up minutes. Like I think he's going to do well there. So, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, Sorry, I guess I've kind of taken over the the, the hosting stuff. The sorry, Liz. Like, I'm know, so sorry. It's um, the Brady show now. It's, yeah, it's mine. I'm taking yeah. over Jet Centric. Um, Brady Centric podcast. We've yeah, gone from Jet Centric to Pro Centric, and now Pro's gone, so we have to do the Brady Centric podcast. Yeah, that's me. Um, I like, the only other thing I can think of to to talk about. Oh, I guess we could talk about just the like the RFAs that we resigned. Like obviously Pionk. Um, resigned for just under six mil for four years i think we all in, are in agree i don't think we have to say much about that i good like contract. i think good contract good four contract. years good good for both sides because you know if having it only be four years it's kind of like a bridge contract if he's still um you know if he cashes in over those years he could definitely cash in with a good deal at the end of it um but i also think that you know i think it's 5.875 which is like not crippling to the jets that's f- totally cool to p- to pay uh, a guy until he's 30 someone who's done well so. yep absolutely i would agree and then i guess this one is a is could actually spark a little more conversation is andrew cops 
uh, one-year deal for 3.64. Um, how did we feel about this? Should have traded him. I agree. Hmm. I I was I was big on the uh, personally big on the try and trade him while he's still an RFA because then uh, things are aren't as defined. Now he is. Uh, for sure being walked to UFA. So even if you do want to give, you know, try and get assets back for him this year, because just we, a rental with no strings attached. Exactly. Exactly. Which, which I mean, some, it mean it might make him easier to trade because then if, if, but at the same time, we all know the jets, like if they're, if they're in anywhere near, uh, you know, a decent spot playoff wise, there's no chance that they're going to, they're going to trade him. They're going to keep him as an own rental, which I think is fine. It's not great asset management, but I think it's fine. Um, yeah. But then they do relatively well. He could want to resign with us. I don't even know. Yeah. I, I wanted, I wanted to trade him to and then give the money to like Thomas Tatar and also, get whatever you get back in, in so a trade for him. Before Sam Reinhardt, that. that was my thing with Sam Reinhardt for Andrew Kopp <sighs> and Logan Stanley. Yeah, that was... And whatever based, else they could possibly want. Based oh, on what that. transpired throughout the summer, I realized shortly after that that was never going to happen or never going to be anywhere close to enough for Sam Reinhardt. Um, given what I know now, I actually think that that may be as good as the Jets could have done there. I I don't think the Jets would have gotten a lot for him in a trade. Like, I think you're maxing out at like a second round pick right now, which to me doesn't matter for a team that's trying to contend in three years, like now in the next two years. Yeah. So he's just super expendable and that's how other teams see him and the Jets don't, I think the Jets got him a little bit higher than that. But I think I, don't think I think at his peak, he's I think when he's playing well, he's a top end middle six forward who can occasionally slide into your top line. And I think I I think he does better than people think. And like last year does worry me a little bit. That's why I kind of like the one year. If he doesn't do if he doesn't do so well, um like maybe you look at trading him during the season. I mean, but people will just be goofy to trade for a guy who's going to be able to come in for free in six months. Like it's just going to be super weird to see how it goes. Yeah. You know how the trade market always goes though. Like teams pay up for guys at for the rentals. deadline, no matter what. I, so, I just, I just, honestly, I can't envision a world where the jets are going to be trading cop at the deadline just because I, I think that they, the jets are, are going for it. And I think that the jets at that point, like I yeah. like just looking at the central, I think the jets are comfortably around that third, maybe even second spot. Yeah. Like, like I, I think that they're comfortable. They should barring like massive injuries, barring uh Hellebuck, just forgetting how to put on his skates. Um, <laughs> I, I think that there'll be a, a pretty much like, a playoff team they should be playoff lock i would think at this point unless things really go south for them i just don't don't, see that happening in such a crappy division i don't think it's a lock by any means but i think it's a likely it's a yeah i i would agree i would definitely agree i i it's like colorado's a lock but but i don't i don't know if we're a lock yet um things are a lot better though which is good when i say lock i do not mean colorado level lock i I look at Andrew Kopp and I honestly, the way I look at him, um, he kind of makes you think of almost like a Zach Hyman light 
like just just like a Walmart version of that, where he's a guy yeah. who's he's not necessarily the flashiest guy, but he puts up good results in both ends and can be like a third guy on a line and just be like the meat and potatoes, just get in, go into the corners, get pucks, get them to the skilled players kind of thing. If you're trying to build a line, like if you're trying to build your lineups then not just try and go like, Oh, your top six is all your best players and necessarily go like, okay, these are two guys who work together well. And here's a guy who will get them the puck. Right. Go a little more depth pr- approach. Um, there is something we said for all situations, guys like that, where we talk about, we talked about this already, like, okay, maybe like on his own X, Y, Z things. But the fact that we have such a complex top six where you have some guys that just don't seem to work well together. And the fact that he is one of the only guys I feel like could slot in anywhere pretty much. Mm-hmm. It, there's something to be said for that for the time being. So like, it's an interesting situation. Yeah, I agree. Um, mm-hmm. Is that kind of it? I feel like we covered most of the off-season stuff. I don't know. It's a good kind of thing I, to go back into the hockey jive, but yeah. I mean, I guess. Oh, I, I guess one final thing, if we want to talk about, I, obviously losing Brassois now kind of cements Comrie as as our backup this year. I see a lot of people Comrie getting a burden. I think. I think there should and will be a competition in training camp. I I think there should be. I think that just knowing the Jets, they're. It seems like they're just going. Okay, we're gonna at least start with you Comrie. if you falter we'll be happy to call it burden and put you back down um but i i see a lot of people getting really upset about that and being like oh what are we gonna do what are we gonna do about that and like I, I, while i agree because i think that uh load management is is important and obviously we don't want to get to the playoffs after an 82 game season and have uh hella buck just be tired um, because he had to play like 60 games, 60, 70 games. Hellbuck's going to come into the playoffs. Game one of the first round is going to be his 80th game of the year already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so, but, but I, I will say this at least just uh, as a whole, because, you know, the Jets, we tend to be a very uh, pessimistic group uh, of fans. What? Not Well, pe- pessimistic critical i would say yes we are are. credit i wouldn't necessarily i would say in certain situations uh pessimistic but i think it's it's we're more critical uh of things which may lead to uh, pessimism jesus um i'm just so goddamn happy that we're arguing about a backup goalie i'm just so happy that that's a thing that we are doing well again we of course have our our who's going to play the sixth slot on defense uh arguments um it's not an argument it's 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 nice to not have to be like who should be playing with josh morrissey should it be boat anchor number one boat anchor number two or (laughs) dylan (laughs) just like the little things like remember last year how annoyed we get with the but who do you take out thing now it's like wow like obviously the answer is logan stanley don't get me but like after (laughs) after that if you like you know i don't think we'll get there but it's nice to know that that's a legitimate question, you know, you know. Mm-hmm. I, and and also the other thing I'll say to, to people who are, uh, you know, worried about that, backup goalies, the goalie market is, is a weird one because it comes and goes with like, it's a very fast market. So one, one like month, it'll be extremely tight and extremely expensive. And the next month you'll have like four guys on waivers who are moderately like i i'm saying this right now i've just have this this inkling in my head that by the end of the season the jets have anton forsberg as their backup just because he's been in the system i don't think he's good i don't think he's good or anything like that i'm just saying that like 
that as an example of being like, well, goalies just kind of get hucked on waivers all the time. And it is the, true if the, though. If the backup goalie is a carousel, who cares? Like we're, the, we, we're not going to be relying on our backup goalie come playoff time. We don't need to have a tandem, obviously. No. It's very true that every year capable backups end on waivers. Exactly. So like if I, that's the Jets plan, I'm totally okay with that. I, I, and I, I think that that's a good play. If you're going to have that, like, oh, we'll figure it out sense, the backup goalie is totally fine to have as, as a we'll figure it out sense. Yeah. Also, no, I'm just going to put, point this out. Oh, maybe this isn't a good opportunity, but like there's, there's a lot of teams who have a lot of goalies. Like there's just one that comes to the top of my head is I, I cause I remember someone pointed it out to me the other day, um, like Dallas has four potential NHL goalies on their team. Like obviously the reason why we went with Comrie is, is a cap reason. And, and I'm not saying that any of their goalies would just get given up for nothing, but like they have Ben Bishop, Kudobin, they signed Brayden Holtby. They have Jake Ottinger. Like, Wait a minute. They have Brayden Holtby now too. Yeah. They, they, they signed, they, they signed Brayden Holtby this year for, for a one-year deal for two mil. And so like, but that's just an example to show that like uh, is, is, there if are Ben Bishop goes back on LTIR then probably, I think that that's, that's just that. Yeah. That probably, that probably, kind of points to that which which really I would, sucks i would assume so but you never know like it's it, that could just be insurance to be like in case this happens we have Why would you sign a third goalie for two million because because like in- then because then you just go if we don't you don't want him you just go you throw him on waivers either someone takes yeah him but you only, down. you're still you're still incurring a one million dollar cap hit even if he's in the ahl that's a problem yeah. that could be a problem but even know. even still, with all that aside, like Ottinger is a really viable option too. So like, mm-hmm. who knows? Yeah. That's that's. Just, but again, that's just mostly to point out that there are there are more capable goalies in this league than there are spots, and whether the Jets, who and who knows? Who knows? Like, I'm I'm not a, I'm not incredibly bullish on Comrie. I don't think that he's going to be fantastic. I don't even know if he's going to be actually like a. a, a backup goaltender in this league i don't know if he has that capability but i have no issue with trying things i think that that's the thing the jets need to do more is is try things and see what happens when they do because who knows if Comrie plays decent and enough that you can give hellebuck a rest occasionally once or twice here and there because really that's all he's needed for want me to make you guys feel old uh don't eric Comrie was drafted eight years ago I, he was he was drafted the same year as my as my it was my cousin's draft year. I remember him and him I and wish uh, Nick Patan had as long of a leash as Eric Comrie has with the Jets. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, if only no, Nick Patan ended up on waivers. Oh, that's actually he did end up on waivers. Like I was going to say after that, <laughs> never mind. And the Jets Eric, didn't pick him back up. Garbage. <laughs> brutal. You know what? I hope he does well in. Vancouver. Where's he? Oh yeah, Vancouver. Yeah, is that where he is? Yeah, yeah hometown he, boy. He signed a two-way contract. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the old. He didn't do well in one spot. He won't do well in any spot for. They dumped their reason. whole fourth line this year. There Did might they? be a spot for him to just give it a go. Toronto was not the spot for him to get an NHL try. Maybe it's too late at this point. But you know what? He'd be I a great he fourth liner. Patan would be a great fourth liner. The, the next how Matthew many, how many years have we been saying this <laughs> dude it was toronto we knew that toronto was going to be tough to crack I, the lineup 
I can't wait for Nick Fatan to be like 33 years old and we're all just like, give him a chance. Please. <laughs> well, please. at that point, I'm. I bet you Nick Fatan has so no sure. idea. He probably thinks that like no one knows who he is as a hockey player. And it's like, there's a whole podcast that hasn't had him on their team in like three years, four years. And like, won't stop talking about him. And he's like, what? I- I have to. I have to ask, uh, Justin, another one of our uh, uh, hosts here on Jet Centric. Um, do you guys think that Justin owns the only Nick Patan jersey in existence? No. Besides ones that he himself like has has and has. I given can't people. think of anyone else who might have. Like, like gen- genuinely, genuinely, do you think that that is the only Nick Patan jersey in existence? No. no. Uh, of an NHL team that is like it I said can. that is not like issued out by does him Chris or like his one? Chris has so many jerseys does Chris have a Nick Patan jersey we'll have to I don't ask think we'll report back somebody's we'll report gotta back. have a Nick Patan jersey Someone. if you if you have a Nick Patan jersey please tweet at us I have a Nick Patan <laughs> jersey please we want to start a club yes Nick uh, Nick Patan fan club Dude, if there's someone out there who cared enough about Nick Patan to get a jersey they would love our show they would love it his name's Justin. <laughs> and that's why he's a host now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Anyways, I think that kind of wraps up our thoughts for tonight. I have no idea how long this one went on. I don't know when we started. I don't know when we ended, but you know what? We're at about an hour and a half, I think. I, oh. <laughs> I literally, when we started rolling and it was, we were probably like 15, 20 minutes in, I would guess. And I just went, I don't remember looking at the time to see when we started. So Me I'm just going to let this roll out and see how it goes. <laughs> But hey, you know an hour and a half is good. That's we haven't put out a show in a month. You know what? It's something to listen to. Pause it. Come back to it. It's not that deep. So. And this anyway. one was wasn't a crazy analytical one. This is mostly just a, a, a you know. It's a recap. It's yeah, a recap. just hang out. Just hang out and uh, and listen. Yeah, <laughs> kind of thing. Exactly. As I don't have to listen to my boring numbers. You. Pardon me. Said the the listeners don't have to listen to my boring numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, as always, we appreciate anyone who makes it to the end who are incoherent rambling at the very, we're like, wow, I bet you nobody's listening. People do. I check the analytics and I appreciate it. We appreciate it. We always check the analytics. No matter what it is, we check the analytics. <laughs> Sorry. Totally. It's, it's, every time I go to the grocery store, I check that thing on Google Maps, like how busy is it right now? And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But anyways, yeah, um, super fun as always. Um, hopefully more stuff coming for you as the season um, progresses. Training camp starting up soon, uh, preseason, and then a month from now, we got regular season hockey coming. So it's going to be exciting. Uh, going to be great to have sports in a semi-normal capacity. So looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thanks. I'm Kurt Kielbach, and thank you for listening to the Jet Centric Broadcast.